Hey, Billy. Yeah, Chris. Hey, Billy. Hey, Chris. Did you know? Here's some here's some trivia for you. Oscar Wilde, when he was on his deathbed, it's listed that his last words were, this wallpaper is utterly horrible. Either it goes or I do. I did not know that. Well, there you go. Now you know something. It's not something we're actually going to talk about for the rest of the show today. But I'll tell you what. This is... From Rochester, New York, the home of strong-hearted people, a need for social justice, and the House of Guitars, this is FC3's Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And you know what, folks? Everything can be geeky when you love it enough. Starring Billy DeTori, Tanya Metris, Daniel Carmen, and I, myself, Chris Frank. And this is it. We're back. It's season five. Hi, kid. Welcome home. Hi. It's been a couple <clears throat> weeks. I know. Can you believe we've been doing this for five full seasons at this point? It's like, what, 170 some odd episodes? Yeah, around 170, yeah. Do something. <sighs> We're like amazing. dancing with the stars without dancing or the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't know, if you play, play decent enough music, Tanya will start jigging around in her, her chair pretty well. Uh, I... Funny you should mention that because Dan and Billy and I had just talked had talked about that while you were getting your tea mm-hmm. about about the, our new quote unquote tagline. It's like dancing with the stars, but while the dancing of the stars, I'm like, well, I could be dancing in my chair. Yeah, so, see, I've yeah. seen it happen. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen it happen. There were nights when Tanya and I were playing World of Warcraft together on a regular basis, and we would be on um, Discord chat. We would have the video going. Right, or we'd be using Facebook Messenger videos. So we just could like see each other, and I could point things out, and we can say hi and wave to each other and shit. And um, you know, I'll, I'd be sitting there zoning in on the, the the quest that we were running, and I'd look over to my left at my other monitor, and I'd just see her. She's like bopping, shoulders are moving, she's having a grand old time. I'm like this is a girl who's really into her gaming. That's amazing. the funny thing. Susan's the same way. If we're watching a particularly exciting baseball game or if we got something on she's really enjoying her feet will move like she's dancing that's for sure she'll move around and i and she doesn't even realize it sometimes i'll like make a little joke and then she'll laugh because she doesn't realize she's doing it (laughs) (laughs) oh can i tell you i'm um being back at work the kids are groaning and rolling their eyes at me because i'm dancing throughout the classroom oh see So, so yeah it didn't and they're like you know what I actually missed that, <laughs> so it was kind of kind of funny. They're like, "It wouldn't be math class without you dancing throughout the classroom." <laughs> what are you yeah, like, see? Ellen? Are you like Ellen at the school? There you go. Um, no, no, I wouldn't go that far. Um, well, I, you're liked by your coworkers. Yes, <laughs> I am liked <laughs> by my coworkers. It's so a very, it's a very subtle but noticeable difference. Yes. Um, I am the, the uh, go-to person for all the tech questions in the building, which is kind of scary. Um, yeah. <sighs> like resetting passwords and how come, how come I can't log on and blah, 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 blah. How do I, what do I, what cord do I need to set up my second monitor? And my, my coworker Maria got her second monitor on uh, Friday and they sent uh, VGA to um, HDMI cable mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. six inches long mm-hmm. six inches long it was not the right type of connection for the um vga to go into her laptop because it it was um 
I don't know. It didn't have the prongs attached to it where you could um, plug it in. So, um, enter, insert innuendo right here. Um, because there was a lot of innuendos on Friday. But, so I'm like, no, you need a VGA to a VGA cable. So, that, mm -hmm. that's coming from our uh, technology place. So, and she's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know, because that's the same kind of cable I got for mine. And thank you, Chris, for the monitor. Oh, you're very welcome. It was just oh. sitting on the floor of my office doing nothing but collecting dust. So it's good that it's in uh, it's in play again. Yeah, well, from March to June, having my laptop and my two monitors for my desktop, mm -hmm. I had three screens that I was working from for work. So I could have like Schoology up on one thing and IEP Direct up on one thing and then my Zoom up on my laptop and I was much more productive. So now I'm like, okay, I'm back to work with one screen. Yeah, that's not happening. So, <laughs> and I was searching Amazon for like months to, for a second monitor. And you're like, no, I've got one. I'm like, okay. There you go. So thank you. you. How about you, Daniel son? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Not much, not much going on over here. Uh huh. I think you need another kitten by the name of Molly. Who's gray <laughs> and fuzzy. She's so is this, cute. Is this Padme's current name or what? Yes, they they calling her Ma Molly Moo, and Molly. I, I and I'm like Padme, but okay, uh, that's okay. I see. She's so soft and fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> she probably small. won't happen. Yeah. Probably, I know. Anne thinks that her mother in law is going to be taking the kitten, so now they'll have to find a home for uh, Logan. And Logan's the the smaller one. Logan, yeah, Logan is the um, thin, lanky one that has a head that bobbles because okay. he's blind in one eye. Oh, okay. So um, when Anne first res rescued him from the barn, his eye was like 12 times the size of it normally is. And they uh, were giving him little antibiotics and eye drops and things like that. And now it's um, just like milky like because he's blind in that mm -hmm. one eye. But it's so funny to watch his little head move trying to figure out where the fly is or whatever. Because his <laughs> so balance is so off that he's just like. So his house, he's going to need somebody that can uh, take a special needs kitty. But he is learning how to kitten very well. If those that follow me, I put a video up on the other day and Billy wanted to know when they were coming home with me. And that's not happening. Not yet. <laughs> Oh, they will. Yeah, I would love to. I would love it, but my, my uh, other adults in the house have said absolutely not. Well, somebody else in my house has suddenly decided that she wants a cat. And uh, Juno of, wants a friend. No, not Juno. <laughs> it's, uh, the two-legged she. Uh -huh. uh, so I may actually have her reach out to Anne and see if we can uh, arrange a date with Molly. Uh -huh. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's going to depend entirely on how Juno reacts to having something small and fluffy in the house. Because if Juno thinks, "Ooh, chew toy," then you know, well, obviously, this is not a good idea. They'll they'll adapt. Animals animals adapt. They'd be I fine. know. I just I, I just don't want to, you know, emotionally scar the animals in my house. I, you know, I want them to feel comfortable in my place. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, Athena wanted. Yeah. Athena just wanted to love it. Oh yeah. Athena wanted to lick it and love it. And whatever, and she's just so big and jumpy uh -huh. <laughs> that we're like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Athena has a certain level of enthusiasm, you know. Well, and, 
and and Sean has a gray cat in his house. So Athena's like, "Ooh, it's a smaller version of Fumi." Oh, so so therefore, yeah. I want to love it. <laughs> Sean introduced a puppy into a house that already had cats. See, I'm thinking of doing the reverse of in, in, uh, introducing yeah. a cat to a house that has a puppy. So yeah. Like, and, and Athena was a little was littler than the cats, I think, when um, right when she first came home. Yeah. Whereas Juno is now a full sized and healthy forty eight pounds. Ooh. Mm-hmm. She's fluffy. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. And then, of course, I have my my um. My resident uh, cat expert is only like a, you know, five half a mile away from me, so I can be like, Billy, what do I do? You know. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll I may know the answer. Susan will know the answer because because we do know something about cats here. Yeah, rest rest <laughs> assured, I won't know the answer. Yeah. So- <laughs> Instead of googling it, you're billying it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> something like Which that. I think is more accurate in this case, but we'll yeah, no kidding. It, you know. Juno knows I'm talking about her, so she just turned around and looked at me. Like, what? I heard my name. Yeah. Uh, Friends and family, this has been a a wild ride these past couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, it has. So we're going to get back to the the nitty gritty and uh, talk about geeky stuff. The fun stuff that I've been burying myself in. I um I've been trying to reach out to some folks to see if we can arrange some interviews. Um, I won't mention names because I don't want to get people's hopes up or anything like that. But I have talked to some folks who Dan and I are fellow alumni with. Uh, Mark Hamill. Some... Mark Hamill did not graduate from Aquinas, but you okay. know, thank you. Good chat. You know, it's kind of funny that that was actually the first time that I wasn't planning on using his name. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> I was too. <laughs> time to beat me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I also want to reach out to some of our, uh, local artists and, and musician types. And so I want to get some more interviews going. Cause if anything, that interview that we did with Sam Maggs was so much fun and I forget how much entertaining, uh, how entertainment we get out of having just a great conversation going with somebody who has a new perspective or, or some expertise in something we definitely know nothing about. Right. So we learn and we have fun and we've had some great personalities either on the phone or in the studio over the years. So I want to pick that back up for season five. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, at the rate we're going, it's going to be about this time, eh, maybe next summer, summer of 2021. If we do a, a fairly steady job of it, we're going to be hitting our 200th episode. Dun, dun, dun. Da, da, da. So that's kind of wild. The um, giant size annual. The giants. There you go. Um, <laughs> and that kind of that kind of links it into an idea that I had. So we've got thirty episodes to figure it out, where we basically try to bring as many people who have been a part of um, of monkey business together in one broadcast, just so we can talk about everything we've said and done and things we've learned since these people have been with us and whatnot. So it'd be great to have like Zach and Rob and Dolly and um, get a. Uh, Tony and Becca and I, I, I know there's just so many num- names Ray. I can't list them all off. Yeah, Ray, exactly. And it's just, you know, try to get as many people together as possible. Put them all on the podcast. Just, you know, shoot the shit for a little while. I think that'd be a great time. Oh, so, uh, oh, and here's here's a fateful question. Here's a fateful question I was asked the other day. Um, Are my you single? Really, my, well, that, that's another <laughs> great. That's, that's, that's a great little table for the break before we jump into our topic for the day. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, my mother, of all things, she's like, okay, so you're you're doing your podcasting on Sunday. Yes, mom. And then she goes, and then you're going to come over to my house for dinner later. Yes. So I got dinner with Donna tonight. Um, she goes, so so if I wanted to listen to this podcast, where would I find it? And this chill ran right down my spine. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, you, you really want to listen to this? Okay. This is like way out of your usual comfort zone. But I'll, I'll, here, this is how you find it. Oh, and all the episodes are there? Yeah, mom. And so you've done this, like, you've been doing this for a couple of years now. You have probably, like, what, 50, 60 episodes? No, Mom. <laughs> it's about 170 now. Put, put, oh, a hundred, put a hundred, one in front of those numbers, and you got Yeah. So, oh, my. Yes, Mom. Oh, my. <laughs> this headline's oh, already taken. Right? Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> But yeah, that was my, uh, Tanya made a great reference to my, my Facebook post from, was it yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. Yesterday. I'm sitting Are there. you 50? <laughs> yeah. I'm cruising through Facebook in the morning. I got, I'm sitting on my back porch off of my, my room. You know, I got the windows open, a beautiful breeze. I've got my cup of tea. I got my feet up. I'm relaxing. I'm just kind of surfing through Facebook and I get a little ding. Okay. So I look, there's an email. Okay, cool. I open up the email. And, you know, it's, I see a bunch of people just, all, you know, all folks apparently our age or older, just hanging out and having a grand old time. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's say uh, the 50th reunion of Jersey Shore. Gotcha. And um, it says, are you 50 or older? I'm like, well, all right. Yeah. Are you single? I'm like, well, yeah, I guess at this moment, yeah, that's kind of personal, but sure. You should meet people like mine and, uh, and enjoy the later part of your years at senior single single seniors.com. <laughs> I'm just like senior or single. What? <laughs> really? Hi, hi Chris. My yeah. name is Matilda. Yeah, I know. Matilda. Yeah, Mabel Gladys. Singleseniors.com. Apparently, at 50, I'm eligible. I'm like, okay, that's legends. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I'm like single seniors. You know. The whole senior citizen moniker was not something I actually anticipated, right? It's not something I was particularly emotionally ready for, you know, so I get the whole, when I turn 50, my daughter's like, hey, old man, you know, okay, great. And I make the mm -hmm. occasional joke, hey, I'm not doing but too bad for an old man, shit like that, um, you know, whatever. And, but to have that be targeted at me because of my age, I'm like, ow. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, really? <laughs> No, that sort of hit me. I think yesterday I was reading something and saw that something I was thinking about was released in 1993. Oh, that's that too long year. ago. Wait, that was 27 years ago. Isn't that crazy? I know. It is so, so crazy because there's so many times where I don't feel like I'm creeping up on 50. That, mm -hmm. that my, there's, I've talked about it before. I've got coworkers that, like don't who don't know me that are new coworkers to me that mm -hmm. they're like you're only in your 30s I'm like oh no honey I am like close to four, I'm close to 50 I'm they're closing like, no, in I'm closing in and they're like no you're not and I'm like yeah. and it's just like I have a tendency to forget I have to like actually go back and go okay 1972 okay so therefore I'm 48 mm -hmm. this year and I'm because like I'm just like. I do that too. 49, you, 40, do, you do the math. Yep. Yeah, I'm like now having to have to do the math because I'm just like because I don't feel like I'm almost fifty. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe because I'm I'm still dyeing my hair and I've got the blonde in it and I'm still wearing jeans and just like oh, I'll be, trying I'll to be keep up with. 
no, no, no. Trying I'm to keep up 90- with the trend, so gonna, I don't know. I'm going to be 90 years old and wearing jeans. Don't, don't. Jeans is not a sign of age. No, I'm just. <laughs> no, not that it's a sign of age, but it's like more of like looking at instead of being in the mom type jeans where they're like baggy or whatever. That I have the fitted ones that like the teens are kind of wearing. So mm-hmm. I'm just not that it's like teen whatever, or I'm trying to look young, but mm-hmm. I'm just going based on what I'm comfortable in and what. I don't know. Billy, you've got some practice in the, in the 50s that we don't have yet. Yeah, I've, I'm 55. I turned 55 last month. And, the man is the speed limit. And now, I, no, I've and been dressing the same for... I, I've been dressing the same for 45 years. T-shirt and jeans or shorts or sweatshirts or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. So, it's just my hair that... that uh, Gives you away? Hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'll leave you with this, this completely off the topic thought as we get ready for the, the rest of our actual show today. <laughs> um, we're getting into autumn at this point. We're in autumn now. I keep thinking I wouldn't mind the cooler weather to kick in, but I don't want to get too enthusiastic about it because I'm 100% sure that this is the year we get flammable snow. <laughs> Most likely. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. All right. What month was that? November? Yeah, probably at this rate. Uh, so today we're dipping into the DC universe and we're going to do a little casual dive into it because I know I don't have as much exposure to this particular product as, as like Billy has, um, but Tanya and I started watching it the other day and I, Dan, you're kind of going to be along for the ride on this one, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. but we're going to be talking about the DC property, the doom patrol, which the title alone seems kind of fitting for 2020. Yes, yes, that's what I thought was perfect to start yeah. off our Just, season five, ending, season five 20, ending the 2020 year with Doom Patrol. We'll be making our, our geeky commentary about mm-hmm. our thoughts of this of this year. Um, so the Doom Patrol, which is your, your Z-listers in action, essentially, um, it's, it's season two has dropped. It has moved from the now, is it now defunct, the DC? Uh, no, I think it no, still exists. It in... still exists, but... Um, most of their original programming has gone to HBO Max. Which I find is interesting that they haven't like shut the door on the old package yet, but we can talk about that later. Anyway, so HBO Max, Doom Patrol, Season 2 has dropped. We're going to talk a little bit about Season 1, uh, our first impressions of it. Billy, I'm going to get some more in-depth out of you because I know you've watched more of it than we have. Yeah, and I've been um, reading the comic books for years, too. Cool. So. Okay, good. So there's some good foundation yeah. information that we're going to need. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, it's uh, joining the escapades of the Doom Patrol. As we come back from break, I'm reminded of this phrase that I use from time to time is, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm a very dangerous man when I don't know what I'm doing, because I just wing it. It's one of those things. But uh, so we were saying, that's non sequitur. Um, so DC has had some success in, on the CW channel with the Arrowverse, you know, Arrow, Flash, yeah. Legends of Tomorrow, etc. Um, they haven't had as much success with you know theatrical cinema okay but they're they're starting to kind of get their 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 ball rolling finally in the right direction with you know wonder woman and aquaman and things like that and we're going to see what the shakeup does with their their movies right uh and then they turned around and did the the dc streaming service 
I don't remember if it had a, a more official, cool sounding name than that. Uh, DC was, Universe. Yeah, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was just DC Universe, DCU. And I don't remember exactly what their overall plan was, but in, in our impression, in our, our knowledge, did it take off the way it should have? I think the only thing that I really thought was on it was um, Titans. And then eventually the show we're going to be talking about, Doom Patrol. Was there anything else on it? Yeah, there's a Harley Quinn cartoon that's gotten rave reviews. I've got to oh, watch right, it. Right, right, um, with uh, Kelly Coco in it as uh, as Harley. Yes. Yes. And I think there's might be a couple other shows, but other than that, no, it's it's mostly a place for their catalog Com- properties. Yeah, it's all their comics now. Okay. Uh, move, oh, hold on, movies and TV. Yeah, it's, you have uh, like the old Superman movies and... Um, there was a lot of Batman movies, Batman mm-hmm. TV. Uh-huh. Probably um, the Flash TV show from the eighties. Okay. Um, they had Young Justice, Harley Quinn, Titans, Star Girl. Um, which has since moved to CW, I think. Yeah, Star yeah. Girl has moved to CW. Um, they had that. Then they were showing um, Krypton. Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, the four seasons from 93 to 97. Kane and Terry Hatcher. Right. Yep. Um, Birds of Prey. Okay. Um, WB for one season. The Wonder Woman um, series from 1975 with Linda Carter had three seasons of it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of animated series. Um, they did some specials. Okay. But other than that, not... Let's see. So yeah, it hasn't become Disney Plus by any means. Yeah. Oh, they did Constantine from 2014 to 2015. So they were doing a lot of not like new stuff, but um stuff that was way back when. Like mm-hmm. looking here, they had like so as they I said, a place for their catalog essentially. Yeah. So if you're interested in having the DC catalog at your disposal, then this is a good streaming service for you. But like you said, I think it's moving to HBO Max. Okay. Okay. Now, so yeah, they didn't. They only had a couple um, originals, like Young Justice, uh-huh. Young Justice Outsiders, Harley Quinn, Titan, Star Girl, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing. Um, then they had the DC Universe All Stars games. Um. DC Spotlight Shazam, and then DC Daily Comic Book Club. Mm-hmm. Those were the original type stuff. And I believe Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, don't Swamp quote Thing me on got, Swamp Thing got canceled after like two episodes because it was too expensive. Supposedly the show's really good, uh-huh. but after two episodes, they realized how expensive it was going to be. I think they finished the season. But realized that they couldn't yeah, keep said, making it. It said one season. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. So that sucks when you tell a good story, but you don't have the money to tell it. Yeah. Oh, Swamp Thing coming twenty twenty to the CW. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Good. Swamp. Let's see. Swamp Thing. Yeah, coming coming to CW. And, and, and so they moved it. We're gonna have a little chat down the down the road about how we think the Arrowverse may have gotten too big and bloated at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this, yeah. But we're gonna focus today on uh, the Chief, 
Robot Man, Crazy Jane, uh, Elastigirl, not the Helen Hunt version, uh, Negative Man, and a different version of Cyborg than you have seen on screen. Um, and they are the Doom Patrol. Now, Billy, you're our expert in this one because DC Comics is like your bread and butter pick when it comes to this sort of thing. Yeah, I've been reading DC since the early 70s. This and is not a new idea. The Doom Patrol has been around for a little while. Since 1963, my first uh, exposure to them was in reprints. And you know, back in the 70s, DC had a lot of 100-page com comics where they reprinted old stories. So I used to read the old 60s stories. Uh, -huh. uh, characters originally created by guys named Arnold Drake and Bob Haney. Okay. And, uh, they were, you know, just a bunch of misfits that mm -hmm. through various accidents or mishaps or whatever wound up, uh, being what you see, the guy wrapped in bandages was negative man. And mm -hmm. he had like a, uh, a, a spirit almost that would fly out of him and could only stay out of, out of his body for 60 seconds or Larry would die, mm -hmm. but had like special negative man powers, robot man. No, the, the characters you mentioned, except for crazy Jane wasn't in the original uh, version. Um, mm -hmm. And that ran for about five years. And I, I just looked it up on Wikipedia because I wanted to, I, I haven't read obviously all of the original 60s stories, just a few. And turns out, because the stories themselves, the comic books themselves from the 60s, you know, your standard 60s, kind of silly, kind of exciting stories. But in the last issue, uh, in 1968, they killed everybody, which I hadn't realized till I read this. They killed off the characters. Oh, wow. So now I want to hunt that down to see how that happened. Uh -huh. um, and then, you know, over the years, different versions of the Doom Patrol come back uh, most uh, successfully by a writer named Grant Morrison. Okay. And that's sort of the version that winds up on TV. The Grant Morrison version is basically what you see on TV. Okay. Uh, hey, it says here that Beast Boy was a, a Doom Patrol member. Yes, he oh, wow. was. Yeah. And then yeah, he became a member of the Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Sort of like <laughs> Cyborg. They put Cyborg in the TV show. Right. Uh, yeah. Even though he was a member of Teen Titans and then Justice League, I guess. So. Mm -hmm. Doom Patrol seems awful, kind of awfully like uh, Suicide Squad in its own way. Yeah. I They're dysfunctional. Right. And um, Mystery Men. Yeah. yeah. Was Mystery Men a, uh, a DC property as well? No, that was an independent of some I thought so. But, but it just because it's like a gang of misfits. Yeah. Well, I th and I think that's, that, that appeals to a lot of people because we're, we, we like our underdogs, mm -hmm. don't we? You know, we like our misfits that, you know, the Bad News Bears you know, and the, uh, the Black Sheep Squadron and, um, the dirty dozen, you know, so the, yeah. the, the people who against all odds, they, they, you know, individually, they're all mess ups, but together somehow they figure out how to be, uh, this great success in this. The, and the they hero don't story. necessarily like each other in the beginning. Right. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and so I mean, we like that. That's, that's mm -hmm. kind of a, a good hook for, you know, our, our usual fandoms, right. It's the stuff we look for. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of appeals to it. Um, what, makes doom patrol different because 
you know, Tanya and I have only watched, the, I, well, I watched the first two episodes. I only got the first two episodes done. Okay. I didn't watch anything else. I don't know. I, was, if, I didn't know if you had or not. I closed uh, my pool yesterday. I didn't have a time to watch. Well, there's anything. that. What makes it different that has made it so appealing? Huh. Well, I, I, the characters themselves, especially in you know, the Grant Morrison version, the TV version, uh, I think they did a great job casting the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know what you guys think of it so far. Uh, I was telling Dan and Tanya before we started recording, I've, Susan, I've been to watch the whole first season in like a couple days mm-hmm. and we really loved it. Um, earlier this week I started season two and after the first episode we thought maybe we just weren't in the mood for it. Well, let's go back to it. Um, but I think Brendan Fraser voicing Robot Man is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Timothy Brent, Dalton Brendan is Fraser a, is an interesting actor yeah. because he hit the he hit the the scene so hard and had such great potential and then disappeared. Yeah, he just vanished, mm-hmm. right? And, and then suddenly, like I I don't know if this is like the first real job he'd had for a while in a while, but he comes uh... back and. You know, he's twice the man he used to be, you know, and that was kind of off-putting a little bit, but you know, it's still, it's still his style, his delivery, his, his demeanor. So, I mean, he's still, it's still him, mm-hmm. but just, it was weird to, to see him in this different package as it were. I, I think Doom Patrol kind of works because it's kind of wacky. It doesn't necessarily right. make sense to be honest right. with you. Uh, Alan Tudyk is nowhere, man. is fantastic. Well, Alan Tudyk. Like breaking the fourth wall. Oh, Mr. Oh, Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when he's when he was in the bus with uh, Timothy Dalton there in the early season or early uh, scene where they're first mm-hmm. together, and he makes the whole reference to the DC streaming service and and uh, you know people who are just sad sacks you know spending money to to watch this crap or something like. And I'm like, oh my god, how self aware! That's like totally yeah. Deadpool self awareness. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did, now that you mentioned Deadpool, it's probably some of the same appeal mm-hmm. between the characters. They they don't necessarily want to be heroes, but they sort of don't have a choice. Yeah, they're begrudging about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I all I know is there was a part that I did not see because it was very gory and whatever. And I burrowed my face in my hands, and and Chris had his hands up in front of my face because <laughs> he just he just knew, and he was <laughs> he was just like watching, and I'm like, so it reminded me a little bit of um. Uh, Daredevil, just like how the Netflix's Daredevil, just how okay. graphic it it right. can be because it is on a streaming service. So therefore, uh-huh. they they can push those boundaries and things like that. But I'm like, oh man, I think maybe that's one of the one thing that I would probably not be able to watch it by myself because I need to have somebody else to say it's okay that you can open your eyes now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, that that. So I don't know. My the jury's still out for me if I'm going to continue it or not. I'm not sure. There, it, it's very funny, very smart, uh-huh. well written. I, I like I said, I really liked it. And now I'm, I'm sort of thinking maybe I should dive back into season two and not base my judgment on the one episode that that I maybe I'll even rewatch that one. Maybe it just wasn't in the mood for that first episode of season two. 
Uh, and it looks like it's been uh, renewed or whatever for season three because I'm on IMDb right now and mm -hmm. it says seasons one, two, and then three. And it says years unknown. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but I, I I think it's well cast, well written, and mm -hmm. that they had a, a something like a good story to base it on. They 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 used their source material really well. Okay. So. I got a kick out of how they had that when they when they finally introduced um, the cyborg character, how he's like the hero in training. You know, it's 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 the father son trying to get the son into professional sports shtick, but from the aspect of science and superheroes. Mm -hmm. And when he shows up, you know, amidst the Doom Patrol. He's like, "No, this is what we're going to do. I got the plan. I got the style. I got the skills." And they're all like, "What the hell is this guy?" <laughs> You know, so they're just trying to wing it, and here he is coming in to take charge. He's like, "Wait, but you no, know, stop!" And so it creates that whole dynamic between between them. But it was just really interesting to see. And and I touched a little bit on this with with Tanya after we were watching it. I'm like, we because neither of us were like convinced at the end of the second episode. Neither of us were like we're, we're like, wait, what? Do we like this? Is this a, a, a thing? And then it dawned on me, and this relates to conversations we've had in the past. We've often accused Hollywood of being out of ideas. A lot of it is the same old, same old, same old, but different characters redressed a little bit, different effects, maybe a different twist here and there to kind of give it the extra flavor. If we step back and look at Doom Patrol, is it really that, is it so different that we're like, we don't know what to do? Yeah, that we're not sure how to approach hmm. it. That's I don't know. Well, and I'm on IMDb right now, and I'm looking at uh, um, all of the episode titles, and uh -huh. it's like it's funny because I wasn't really paying attention. Like the first one was called Pilot, but then the the second one was Donkey Patrol. The yeah. third the third episode is Puppet Patrol. The fourth one is Cult Patrol. Okay, and, and I have to get to the the oh, let's see the um, sixth episode or season one episode five. It's Paw Patrol. So I have to at least get to that one because we know what Paw Patrol is to us. So uh -huh. <laughs> Dude, one one thing I, I like that they did is they didn't shove down so much information all at one time. You'll learn their backstories over the course of the season, right? You know, you just got to give it time. You know about Larry Trainer's background in mm -hmm. the military and I see I don't remember in the first two episodes how much they they, they did a pretty good job of it actually. Yeah. I mean and it, it didn't feel forced or ham fisted. Yeah. It felt like really natural like little vignettes uh -huh. that yeah. they dropped in and it didn't to me it didn't interrupt the flow of the story. Well like the next episode, the third episode, Puppet Patrol is like um it says the Doom Patrol sets out for Paraguay where they discover the Nazi doctor who created Mr. Nobody and the connection between the chief and the two villains. So therefore now it's starting to open up a little bit more about okay, why are we gonna do this in mm -hmm. type thing. So mm -hmm. Yeah, it and like I said, I like how they delved into the background of the different characters a little bit at a time. So you learn more and more about them throughout the course of the season. Uh, and, and it says, uh, season one, episode six, it's Doom Patrol Patrol. Cliff and Victor come to an agreement while Jane, Rita, and Larry go in search of a mysterious team called the Doom Patrol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So right there, it's like, okay, just, just to figure out what they're talking about, I might be continuing. Yeah. Okay. 
and just be like, "What up, dudes?" Through my fingers. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Remember. Get... Go ahead. I, I'm just saying, I because it's been a few months. I don't remember the gory stuff you're you're talking about. Oh my god! It, oh yeah, I, it, I'm sure you're funny. right. Uh, it, it was. Uh, uh, because yeah. Susan's not a fan of gore either, so I'm sure she cringed. Oh, yeah, and they're more. definitely pushing boundaries in mm-hmm. regards to... And language for a superhero show. And right. sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Doom Patrol will not show up on the CW. No. That's, that's a, a quite... Now, that raises a question for me. DC has no problem with the explicit content for their service. Would Disney plus allow a Marvel show like the ones on Netflix to push boundaries? Probably I, not. I doubt it, to be honest. I because mean, I really do. It's going to be, you know, people have been joking about it, but it's going to be interesting to see how Disney handles Deadpool. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you it's an obvious thing. Now has Disney, put the money behind an R-rated movie? I believe the answer to that question is yes, it has. Um, But it wasn't like anything that you would see uh, on Deadpool, Doom Patrol, Titans, things like that. Like, I mean, Titans, you know, here we go, you know, explicit language warning. Um, In Titans' very first official trailer, here comes Robin. He drops down Dick Grayson. Okay, he's, he's, facing off the bad guy and the bad guy's like hey you're no batman and and dick grayson's response was fuck batman um okay that sets the story right there off the bat <laughs> we, that that kind of assigns the tone to things mm-hmm. yeah that, that's why i have read somewhere i think disney plus is thinking about bringing daredevil back mm-hmm. the netflix tv show which i mean it wasn't super explicit but there's some language there's definitely violence yeah it was the violence that really got you know um daredevil Daredevil. like i couldn't i couldn't latch onto that name right off the bat the it was the the gore it was the blood that i think earned uh daredevil it's it's ma rating as it were um so I, I'm I'm wondering and my favorite of the Netflix <laughs> Marvel shows was Jessica Jones. Right. So out you know yeah. Jessica Jones has a bit more sex and yeah, they they couldn't sorry they can't bring um the Daredevil franchise um to Disney until fall at least fall of 2020 due to a contract preventing the Netflix Marvel shows and characters um from appearing on any non-Netflix series or film for at least two years after cancellation. Did you say so, fall of 2020? Because mm-hmm. that's now. Yeah, it says would not be able to touch right. until fall of 2020. Okay. So right. therefore, um, it says um, Disney couldn't even begin developing a new Daredevil series until 2020. Yeah. Hmm. So that was in April. They were talking about it. So Interesting. And then, yeah. Oh no! So, so you guys aren't sure about Doom Patrol yet, is what I'm. Yeah, getting. I think it's the bottom line. I mean, it was it, there was interesting parts to it. I like the effects. I always love Alan Tudyk. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not an Alan Tudyk part I have not enjoyed, right? Uh, from Dodgeball to Firefly to uh, 
dollhouse to whatever the hell he's been in, I always get a kick out of him. He's just Star Wars. Star, yeah, he's just a great, versatile actor, and he knows how to deliver odd characters with with a great flair. So I always love seeing him. And the fact that he's been narrating the show is just with that dry, sarcastic wit has just been hilarious. Yeah, he disappears for a few episodes, and it's he's definitely missed. Yeah, I, he's he, only in like it says here, like what, fifteen episodes mm-hmm. right now uh, out of the twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and like I said, I've already, I've always liked Brendan Fraser. I, mm-hmm. I felt that whatever happened to him, that he disappeared off the face of the planet for a while there, that sucked, mm-hmm. because he was such a, he had great potential. You know, the the mummy movies that he was in are like, he as as an up and coming action star. You know, um, I have seen the young ladies that played Crazy Jane and Rita, respectively, in other things, but I, it, it's never that they made this overall impression on me although i do like the crazy jane character i'm i'm questioning billy you know this better than i do breakout star of the show yeah you'll wind up loving her does the character have control over which personality pops up a little bit but not as much as you think there's they spend the whole episode sort of inside her brain sort Uh of showing what goes on inside of her Okay. And her trying to control the other... Uh, and how the underground works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's a fascinating episode. It's season one, episode nine. Okay. Is, is Gene Patrol. So we'd have to get further into it. And then, you know, Timothy Dalton you know, yep. speaks for himself. And uh, and then who am I... Matt Bomer. Now, I watched uh, White Collar religiously when Matt Bomer was in that show. And I thought he was just, you know, he's got this great kind of easygoing flair to him. So to see him as a relatively unsettled person, who's just trying to make his way through things is, is kind of a nice change. And I believe he's handling it really well. So it's, it's weird for me. The more I talk about the actors and the parts, I, it's like, I'm being very complimentary of these things, but I'm also not sure of the show. So it's, it's a a weird thing. Not to be in right now. And with Larry Trainer's character, you'll mm-hmm. find out. So, I, I don't want to give spoilers, even mm-hmm. though our spoilers. official uh, fragrance is spoilers. There you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I, there's something with his character that you learn that really is an interesting take on it. You know, okay. It, and I, I, I don't want to give more away. I'm sorry. That's fine. Know, but. That's, that's actually just that's the sauce I needed to to go ahead and say that's it. I'm gonna dig in and we're gonna we're gonna rip through uh, season one now. So, so and I'm looking. Yeah, now I gotta know. Yeah. Inquiring minds want yeah. to know. I, I think one thing that's a little confusing about the show, mm-hmm. at least for me at first, was that all the characters come from sort of different time periods. Yeah. But right, you know, are now in. One time period, but still reflect whatever time period they came from. Like Rita was the 40s uh-huh. where she uh-huh. was a movie star. So she still sort of acts like that 40s movie star. Whereas Larry was what 60s military Air yeah. Force. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. and it, it, Brendan Fraser is a race car driver, is great. So. Uh huh. No, sort of a hill. And you learn about all the characters through the course of the series. And I, I really like the way they did sort of rather than shove all their origins into the first episode. 
Right, because so. I've seen so many origin stories, and it's starting to get boring. So the mm-hmm. fact that they, if they lace it through the mm-hmm. season as as vignettes mm-hmm. that kind of help support the episodes, and, that's and a much better way of doing it. It sort of reminds me, uh, this past week, Susan and I have been watching uh, West Wing. Mm-hmm. Rewind. We've watched it before, but that's sort of a go-to feel-good show for Susan. So we've been watching a bunch of it. Oh, and it's a great show. And there's an episode, I think, in season two or three, where they basically do the origin stories, how they all met, how they wound up working for Jeb Bartlett. And oh, yeah. They, they waited. The, whole, the whole plot line where the assassination attempt occurred. Yes, exactly. So the flashbacks. Yeah. So you don't really find out, like, when you first start season one, it's just a given. There's the president. These are the people that work for him. This is the story. And they, they wait and sort of dole out information about their past. They've waited a couple seasons yeah. to do that. And I, yeah. for some reason, I always appreciate that. I don't know why, but. There was a very classy way of doing it. It kind of yeah. filled in this blank that you didn't know you had because you were so into the story already uh-huh. at this point. You felt like you knew all these people already. Yeah. And now suddenly you're seeing this whole different look at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and that was, it was a great. Yeah, well, that just that series was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was better when Aaron Sorkin was writing it. Yeah, uh, you know, so it dove a little bit in, the, in its final couple of seasons, but it was still a great show overall. It's funny the the first four seasons were Sorkin, and then other people took over five through seven, and I think five is the weakest season. Then those mm-hmm. people got their feet underneath them. Yeah, and the uh, is it last season where Alan Alda and Jimmy Smits are the candidates. For president, yes. I think they really rebound. Although you don't see enough of the original cast in that last season, but no, the the no. debate episode with uh, Alan, Arnold Venick and um, was Jimmy Smith's character Santos. Santos. Yeah. Santos, still one of the best hours of TV, and you, it makes me sad to be honest with you that things can't be that way. The debate episode, and, yeah, right. Or, or, even just politics nowadays. West Wing has made me sad lately mm-hmm. watching it because pining for a better time. Yeah. Even if things weren't really that way in the last 20, 30 years, they at least pretended to be civil and right. working towards a better America. And well, I, I don't want to get off on a rant, but it just doesn't <laughs> feel Too late. Like that tangent anymore. Tangent alert. But that's okay. It's a good tangent. And like I I posted this on Facebook and that um a few weeks ago we binged watch all one hundred episodes of Gotham, which I'd uh-huh. never seen before and wound up really loving it to be honest. I with didn't you. think that was a very good show. Yes, I agree. Um you but right it. now West Wing is more of a fantasy than Gotham, where you have the good cops having to deal with criminals, bad cops, and a corrupt mayor. So, it's, you know, right now Gotham to me is more realistic once you take out the supervillains. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's okay. 
Hey, how many? What are you sorry for? How many tangents have we wandered off on over 170 plus episodes at this point? Right. I mean, just for getting political, or no? That's you know what I have. I have a suspicion that we're going to start putting our foot down on certain things because I know we've we've done our 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 railing against the toxicity of the nerd culture, and we've talked about inclusivity, and we've talked about racism, and we've 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 dipped into these things. but the uh, the world is not served by staying silent, so there may be times where we're going to have to to speak our piece and you know and let the roll the dice as it were and let the let the score speak for itself. So I think I think after this point, the people who have been listening to us for a long enough period of time know our mindset. They they know that we're all kind of sort of on the same page. We all flow in the, generally the same direction. We have different. We come in from different angles mm-hmm. sometimes because I know like Tanya is a little bit more conservative on things than I am. Uh, Dan is very independent. You and I are very liberal, uh, Billy, but we also have practicality on our side. But there's you humanity know? in all of us. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is we've lost touch with, I feel, is that um, is that we've lost that humanity. Uh, and it's going to be up to the four of us to save the world anyway. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're the modern day Doom Patrol. There it is. Yeah. There it is. That's great. That is great. Um, although being a brain and a big old clunky robot, that's not a comforting idea. Hmm. Well, a little bit of trivia in regards to a robot man. Shoot. He will be wearing a different t-shirt of a rock band in every adventure, mostly punk bands such as The Clash, Dead Kennedys, Black Flag, etc. And I find that he's already had two different t-shirts on. It. Uh-huh. I- Obviously, I noticed that right away. Yeah, I, I love looking at his T-shirts just to figure out what he's wearing. So there's there's that one. Um, and now, is the, it Frazier? I'm sorry to interrupt. Is it Frazier in the suit? Or no, is he just it's voicing not. it. Just voicing it. Okay. He's Cliff Steele, but he's voicing Robot Man. Um, and I caught this one. It says in the first episode, Cliff Steele slash Robot Man mocked Larry's mummy like appearance. Mm-hmm. Knowing that Frazier is known for his main role in the Mummy films, yeah. <laughs> I did. I did catch that. I kind of yeah. giggled when that happened. I, yeah, I caught that. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what subtle references are in. You know, yeah. Oh, like they made references to uh, the Chief's wheelchair having all sorts of like secret gadgets and stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, there's a James Bond James nod. Bond, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Oh, now I may have to spend next week watching season two. <laughs> There's like a little dog face girl from a uh, uh, sideshow. The chief rescued her from, or it's actually a uh, chief's daughter. To find out. Okay. So Susan was creeped out by her in that episode. So we didn't keep watching. So now I may go back and watch season two. Just because I do like the comic books. And- oh, is that? Cl- uh, no, that, never mind. That's Clara no. Steele. That's uh... no. That yeah. That's a that's a different that's another that's... side plot. Yeah, that's more into uh, the robot man's back. Yeah, no, because I'm just um I hopped over to like the full cast, so mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at uh, all the different characters. But I, I do recommend if you're looking for something different. Okay. Um, what's, oh, uh, 
did you guys see second seat or have you guys watched umbrella academy because there's a lot of yes. superhero shows out. tanya's seen it i have not watched season two yet i did enjoy season one a lot yeah i just haven't had the time to sit down and just hunker in and and that's the thing is time yeah when when, when did i like run out of time to do things lately and it's i i suffer from this thing and i talk about it often um where if I have the time to do something, I'm not thinking about it. And when I'm thinking about it, I don't have the time to do the thing, yeah. you know? So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm trying to read more, to be honest with you. I got a lot of books I really do want to read. Mm-hmm. And um, rather than watch a hundred episodes of Gotham, I should have I sh- sometimes should have been reading. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a, I had my feet up on my desk. I had a fresh cup of tea. This was a couple of nights ago. I had a book in my lap. And I wound up playing Minecraft for an hour. I wanted to finish this thing I was building for Ian. And um, and then I was like, oh, crap, now it's time for bed. You know, it's like, oh. Actually, okay. what, what, makes me, works. what makes me mad is when I catch myself just scrolling through Facebook and Twitter rather than mm-hmm. even yeah. watching TV or, mm-hmm. you know, reading. You know, why am I, what do I care about this, you know? Just one person after another being mad at another person. Why don't I put my time to better use? Yeah, that's uh, that's a fair point right there. That's I think all of our priorities right now are kind of all twaddled up. Yeah. It's kind of wild this year. It's going to be interesting to do this year in a retrospective, you know? Hopefully we survive it. <laughs> and, hope, and hopefully next year's not worse. Yeah, you know that that somebody had already posted that one. What if what if 2021 is doing a hold my beer moment? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, what if this is the opening act? Right. I honestly I think everything's going to hinge on November 3rd. Yeah. You know, it's good. The, how we feel about what's going to happen in 2021 is going to be established on November 3rd. You know, when we see the result of the presidential election for good or for ill, it's going to give us an idea, an outlier of what we're going to expect next year. You know, yeah. is it more of the same? Okay. Or is it, is it going to be a, a change of, uh, a change of path? You know, it's, it, and then, and from there, and I'm wondering if even if our entertainment is kind of feeding into that a little bit, it's because I'm noticing that, you know, the one thing like Star Trek, let's, let's tangent into Star mm-hmm. Trekville okay. for a moment. Um, you know, it was always about hope and looking forward to the potential of the future and discovery, which is coming out with its season three in a few weeks, the potential of the future is something that they're, they're diving a thousand. You're going to go well past next generation, well past anything ever written for star Trek lore. And and in essence, shake the whole etch a sketch up and start over again. Mm -hmm. Will this give us something new to think about? You know, in the philosophical, because Star Trek has always been good about being philosophical and and commentary on social and, you know, amidst all the action, the adventure, the phasers, the Klingon, this, that, and the other thing, there's always something, a comment about what who we are as a humanity. So, you know, it, it's, it's going to be C to see how our entertainment kind of tries to help either soften the blow or give us a path, yeah. I guess. Or, well, we were or talking about Doom Patrol. <laughs> or Numb Us. And, and, and it's just... <laughs> yeah. If if we didn't go off on random tangents on a regular basis, I would worry to see what was happening. The, the day, the episode that we are like laser-focused and plow through 
a particular topic, I am going to actually look back at it and worry. Well, I think our uh, listeners would start to worry also that, like, okay, well, you guys true. didn't tangent whatsoever, so yeah. what's are going guys, on? Are you guys okay? <laughs> you missed an obvious. Uh, you missed an obvious Star Wars reference here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's take a quick break, and when okay. we come back, we will uh, we'll chew the fat a little bit more about random things, and then we'll do our question of the week. Yay. back ladies and gentlemen i don't know what you picked dan but it's probably funny hopefully it is <laughs> <laughs> you never know to pressure me to find something funny now oh my gosh oh in regards to the question of the week <laughs> oh so last tangent before question of the week um I know you guys saw me post about it last night, but uh, I got to break out my old telescope for the first time in ages. And for the entire summer, um, in the in the early evening to mid-evening sky, Jupiter and Saturn have been next-door neighbors because of our position in orbit right now. And this kind of thing is not going to happen for a little while longer yet. It's Once they pass out, uh, as we swing around, it's, it's going to shift. Um, and they're going to shift their positions. So it makes it really convenient to see them. And if you have a very, very powerful telescope, you have a crack at even seeing Pluto in the middle of it, right? Um, so for the first time in ages, I, I set the telescope up, and, and and I realized just how I've neglected my poor telescope because everything with, like, all the gears that power the uh, the, the lenses, <laughs> they were, like, virtually frozen shut. So I'm, uh. like, working them, and I'm trying to loosen them up a bit. and Because I got this little, like, I have a reflecting, t- I've had a refracting telescope, which is long barrel, right? Just lens, lens, lens in series. But I've had, for the past almost 30 years, a reflecting telescope. So it gathers all the light into a mirror and then reflects it back to the, the lens. <clears throat> so it was great to kind of see everything all, all squared away once and for all. And it took me forever to sight it properly, too. I forgot how to apparently aim this damn thing. It took me 20... Mm-hmm. I'm looking up. There's this bright light in the sky. That's Jupiter. Okay. I can't find it with the telescope. What the hell? Mm-hmm. But I, I was able to lock it in. And uh, my scope's not incredibly powerful, but you can see you can see basically a big white dot. You know, and that's the planet. And what was great, and you can't always see this, you could... I see lined up to the left of it were four uh, little dots. And those are the Galilean moons, Io, Callisto, Europa, and hmm. Ganymede, uh, the original moons that Galileo himself discovered when he was first making, you know, astronomical discoveries. observations mm-hmm. and discoveries. So there they are. And you, there are times where if you, you catch Jupiter at, at, at a different angle, you can maybe see one of them, two of them, sometimes three. But to see all four lined up to the left of this thing, oh, it was so cool. And then after after marveling over that for a little while, I shifted to the left a little bit, and there it was, Saturn. And right now, with the way that everything is angled, you it, you could see the rings. You oh, wow. could see the rings in my telescope. It was so cool because it's like basically like a, a slightly oval uh, dot with a gap, and then a smaller dot in it. And so you're mm-hmm. the planet with the rings. I'm like, oh wow. my god, that was so cool to be looking at that last night. I haven't done I haven't done astronomy in so long. See, I have a telescope here. I've tried to use it, and I couldn't do. I couldn't figure it out. So you have to have you show me what I'm doing wrong. Absolutely. Oh man, I tell you what. Because and what inspired me to finally to get off my ass and do it was helping Tanya uh, point 
Tyler in the right direction because Tyler's taking an astronomy class and he's mm-hmm. getting into the math of it, like, you know, right ascension and declination and, and oh, you know, geez. hours. And so it's really cool. It's these, these are things that I had not thought about in a very, mm-hmm. very long time. You know, I've just done a lot of just observational astronomy, mm-hmm. um, but grab that scope, uh, meet me at Tiny's house next weekend. And we'll we'll set it up on their back porch and and uh, and so Tyler can, in, can get in on it and that I think that'd be a great time that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, All right. you know that'd be a do. great FC three program once we have the opportunity is to reach out to the planetarium and see if we can like get the uh, the, the the scope they have on the deck and do a like a star tour, you know, mm. some night when when things are a little oh. bit easier going. His next one has to do with um, his next lab has to do with the rotating sky. Okay. Um, so, uh, there happens to be a discussionary, um, and that's for the lab, and uh-huh. then for his actual class, because there's the class and then there's the lab part. Um, mm-hmm. module four is called light and telescopes. Whoop whoop! <laughs> wow. And um, so that there's right up Riley. Yeah, light and telescopes, and there's uh, chapter four exploration. Mm-hmm. So um, the nature of light, speed, wavelength, frequency, the entire electromagnetic magnetic spectrum, the interaction of light with matter, um, how light is recorded by digital cameras and spectrometers, 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 spectrometers. You had it right. Spectrometers is right. Yeah. Spectrometer. Okay. And the design and function of telescopes, both on land and space. So it's interesting. And uh, and he, he was like, once I showed him how to figure out like the, um, with the angle of the most direct sunlight and the least direct sunlight, he was le- going left and right on my laptop. And I'm like, okay, what do you have? He goes, Oh, I have blah, 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 blah. And it's, Blah 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 north blah 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 blah. And I'm like okay because all I was doing was typing his information into the lab. He was doing all the lab work, so I was just uh, basically typing numbers in. So I was I'm his little secretary in regards to that thing, but because <laughs> uh, I don't want him on my big computer. So uh, no, <laughs> no, because as as we all know, it's you, you stream it, don't download it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so in that regard, so I'm glad that with with my oldest taking an astronomy class that you kind of went back to your little geeky passion. Oh, so. my God. I can tell you. At one point, I remember I, I got my first telescope when I was 10. It was a Christmas gift from my dad's father, my, my paternal grandfather, um, who had been an optical engineer for Kodak. So the fact that I was getting into telescopes and, you know, things with uh, optics and magnification he he was, out of that. Um, and he was living in Florida. And so he, he sent my dad the money and my dad went out and bought it and gave it to me for Christmas. And I used it and I, you know, I lots of observations of the moon and I took astronomy classes in the summertime at the museum and science center. Uh, and then I, I dabbled a little bit and I would read the occasional book by the time that Dan met me in high school. I had already had the flower pot, which is my my pet name for my the telescope I use to this very day. Because it looking when it's sitting upright with the barrel straight up in the, into the sky, it looks like a flower pot. It's this big red ball with a with a with a a, um, a column on it, and uh, the, the inside nestled in the ball is where the mirror is <laughs> that collects all the, the observational light, and then 
through a bunch of other mirrors, it bounces it up to the lens where you get to actually observe it. And it's it was way more powerful than the the, the original scope. I eventually sold the original scope at a, at a garage sale, if I remember correctly. Um, but the flower pot I've had since I was in high school, and it's it still looks good. The mirror is still clean, and everything works except for the. Uh, it, I had to loosen, I had to loosen up the uh, the gears, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, Besides that, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, um, say, yeah the, one of the best places to um, probably look at it is from my parents' house. Because they live in Avon, and so there's not oh, a God, lot of yeah. not a lot of light pollution. Mm. Yeah. So you just have to get through the trees. So hmm. that's the bad part. Very Did cool. we lose people? I'm here. No, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm listening. I don't have a telescope. We're deep in thought. Well, I think <laughs> we we do have a telescope. I think out in the back room, or Riker has one in his room, but we, I, like none of us know how to use it. So. Or like, I don't know. so. Yeah, next Sunday we're gaming, so uh, Chris will be at my house. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. Or maybe I'll just you know, yeah, it's Saturday. I know you're gaming on Saturday, but I can still use your back porch. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. We'll mm-hmm. figure something out. We'll do an we'll do an observation there, maybe Friday night, because then we're not worried about interacting with anybody else's schedule. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. We'll see. Got to shut off all the lights, and we'll go from there. Light pollution is evil, which is why it would mm-hmm. probably be better to be at your parents' house. But we'll do that again sometime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so drive, last yeah. night, <laughs> and last night when I finally came out, um, when I came back in the house after I was done and I had everything bagged up and put away, I, I immediately sat down and started pricing out other telescopes. And I was like, "It's time! <laughs> it's time to take this seriously again." And I looked at the, t- the telescope prices, and I'm like, "No, no, it's not time to take it seriously again." <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but, oh, well. Anyway, um, how about we do a question of the week? Sure. Whose turn is it to pick a number? Mine, mine I think. Yours? Mine? mine. It's mine. Ours? Is it Ours? yours? <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. I will pick the first number. Billy picks the middle number. We'll do a three digit, right? And, and then Tanya, you pick the last number. Okay. All right, I'm picking. What's what's a number we haven't we haven't gone into the two hundreds in a while? So I'm going to say two. Okay, uh, three. Two hundred and thirty-five. Okay, so two hundred and thirty-five. Go team! <clears throat> what awful movie do you love? Oh, that's what a good one. Do I love? Oh me, boy! I'll be right back. I'm going to go look at my DVDs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. What awful mm. movie do I love? Um, uh, define awful movie. Probably one that's like been critically panned, and a lot of people are like, "It sucked. It was terrible." Yeah, probably yeah. A good a good portion of people probably say this is a horrible movie, but you just can't get enough of it. I'll get the conversation started by saying the rise of Skywalker, because that has received a ton of malevolent hate from people who claim to be Star Wars fans but hate Star Wars in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. It was a wild ride. I think it was it was busy, right? It they packed a lot into I mean the the movie could have got could have been longer and paced out a little bit differently so that you felt mm-hmm. like you could actually take a friggin' breath, right? Yeah, it could it could have been two movies of the the amount of content they want to put in. Yes, there. exactly. And um 
it was a wild ride, but I really had a lot of fun. I, I, they did. I think they had the right balance of news story and fan service. Uh, I, I did. I always loved how you, you get the, 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 um, the references to things that were, you know, and, and admittedly trying to, they ham fisted working around Carrie Fisher's passing. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have done it entirely differently. And if I were in the writing room, I could have vouched for what they should have done and, and been just as equally right as where they went, which is fine. Um, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. I'm not saying it's a, uh, it's, it's a, I, it was a fantastic movie, but I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed it. And so I'm sorry. What movie, Chris? I picked rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay. Um, so that's, that'll be my vote for this particular one. Awful movie that I loved that I, that I liked. How about you, uh, Billy? You looked at your DVD collection. Anything uh, catch your attention? Uh, one thing did, and you mess you uh, mentioning Carrie Fisher reminded me of another one I don't have on DVD, but I definitely want to watch again. My uh, first one that I do have on DVD is Josie and the Pussycats with uh, Rachel Lee Cook, Terry oh, wow, yeah, Dawson. Yeah. I just, I think that movie is way underrated. Very funny. And I like the music, and I I just really like that movie a lot. I saw it in the theaters. In fact, I, I'm the one, um, <laughs> and I I think they did a really good job with it. And it it's I just think it's very funny. So that one and the movie with Carrie Fisher and Chevy Chase under the rainbow. I don't know if you know that one. Hmm. Yes. Oh my God. The behind the scenes, uh, there was a murder mystery of some sort going on behind the scenes of the filming of wizard of Oz. Yeah. All the munchkins were staying at a hotel in Hollywood and there were, um, there was a murder mystery and munchkins and Chevy chase and Curry Fisher and brawn panties. So I am going to cut you into little pieces, (laughs) a one, a two, a tree. The, Ooh, the jokes are terrible, but I bet I've watched that movie. I haven't seen I it in years. That but... was it was it was a horrible movie, but yeah, I laughed my ass off. I don't it. remember ever hearing about that. Oh yeah, huh. have to, have to it's look it based up. on the true story without the murder mystery. I guess when they were filming Wizard of Oz, all the Munchkins, the the actors playing the Munchkins, stayed in a hotel and it just raised hell for weeks. <laughs> And you know they they were paid, and they it was sort of based on all the, the partying the the little people did while filming the Wizard of Oz, and then they added Chevy Chase as a detective, right? So, so that that's my probably my worst movie that I really that's liked. a great that's a great vote. Although that's now I have vote. to watch it again because yeah, really that's a way the way back machine. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Tanya, Christopher, it's your turn. I know. Um, I'm like, I, I, as I said, I could like define awful movie or bad movie or whatever. And uh-huh. I, I don't know. I'm like, you don't like, have any guilty pleasure movies that you just, you don't, that you, don't you know, like. everybody hates, but you, right. Oh. That critics despised like your friends make fun of. I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I don't. I, yeah, I'm like. Tiny oh, says I. I like only good movies. No, come on. 
to find Tanya what? at a loss for words like that. I know that's that's <laughs> funny. I'm like, what? Weird. I <laughs> that one on the tape. I gotta flag that shit down. <laughs> I'm just like so. I mean, I looked at like the 20 best bad movies of all time, and I'm like looking at, I'm like. Howard the Duck was one of them. It was like, eh, or Masters of the Universe was on that list. And I was like, eh, I wouldn't say I love them type thing. So I like, I really, I'm at a loss for words in regards to hmm. um, uh, bad movies that you actually love. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. I'm just, I am speechless in regards to this that because I've been researching it and I'm like uh, I I just can't do it. it. I I've got one for you. I know the you, answer. You know the answer. I hope I, so. Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a bad movie. Mm. <laughs> it might be a bad movie for you, <laughs> but it's. I don't know. What's Legally the Blonde li- is one of those, yeah, those strange movies that it, it's yeah it's it, it's it's a good movie. It's just yeah. Yeah, I don't know. My, Maybe because like you just keep doing the the sequels. I mean, because right now Rotten Tomatoes says that it's seventy percent. So you might not like it. No, I don't. <laughs> and eighty nine percent of Google users like the movie. So I don't trust no. Google users. <laughs> <laughs> So any of AOL users. I don't know. I'm like, <sighs> I think it gets to the point where I get tired of a movie that I, I, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I love it. And then like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm like, not something that stood up to the test of time anymore that I'm, I'm past it. So. Okay. I know. So we so, can all agree that legally blonde is the answer. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Dan, what about you? I'm going to go with, dude, where's my car? Oh, that's a good pick. <laughs> we lost Chris. Just... Where is he? Chris, where are you? Did he? Hello. Know? There you are. Oh, there you are. <laughs> okay, that was weird. I, I apparently hit the mute button on my headset accidentally. Oh, I was oh. just like, wow, there's been an awful long time where there's silent when Chris said he was going to write this down that I was at a loss for words. And then, yeah, you know what happened then he reached over for a piece of paper and I must have like just I, I wedged my uh, my headset control between my uh, my my shirt and my uh, my chair or something like that. I don't know. It was like all of a sudden there was like dead air from Chris. I was like there was a loss of words from him. <laughs> Which is unusual. The funny unusual. thing is I've been making commentary the whole time and you guys were actually responding to my comments. So oh. that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but none of those comments came up on uh, your end on the it's recording. hilarious. Because yeah. at one point, I think Billy's like, yeah, Legally Blonde, you liked. And I'm like, ah, yeah, so there, so that's definitely one that you liked and nobody else did. And he goes, yeah, but nobody else did. I'm like, Cece, you agreed with me. And it just kept on going. And I'm like, and all of a sudden, you're like, where's Chris? I'm like, what do you mean, where's Chris? I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized what you what had happened. So. Yeah. <laughs> so dude where's my car who's in that yeah um, the, um, ashton kutcher and, and sean william camp sean william scott whatever scott yeah. sean william yes. scott thank you is yes. that the one where it's like dude sweet dude yes, sweet. yes, dude, sweet. yes. Uh, okay it's a that stupid one. humor it's just there's no no real purpose of it but it's just check it's your a- brain at the door and enjoy yourself <laughs> that's a lot of movies 
Well, yeah, but it's just that one. That one always sticks out of my head for some reason. I don't know why, but it's just yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to enjoy it. <laughs> I don't think I ever sat down and watched it because I, you know, I have this thing where I can watch a trailer and. I, I, I kind of know if I'm going to like the movie or if I'm going to be interested in the movie off the trailer. Mm-hmm. And it's not the trailers thing. It's just this vibe that I get. I can usually watch a trailer and go, and, and I'll, I'll admit there are times I am wrong. There are times where mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, that's going to be so cool. And then I go watch the movie in question and be like, what the hell did I just waste <laughs> my time on? It does happen, but I've mm-hmm. had a fairly good sense over the years. of I'm going to watch a movie and be like, nah, it's one of those stupid comedies. I don't get into those. All right. So I kind of just wrote, that particular movie off before I even sat down to watch it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but Hey, you, you watched it. It's you understandable. It. Yeah. <laughs> Juno, go on. Is he here? Go get him. Go on, go get him. I think my son has returned home. So my mm-hmm. dog is not going to go investigate. It's funny. Susan mm-hmm. just walked in with her groceries too. So. Well, this is a good time to wrap it up. That's a wrap it up moment. I'm going to go uh, see my son. We're going to help unpack groceries. Mm-hmm. We're going to go uh, pet a cat, and we're going to go, uh, you know, do somebody's homework. So we've okay. got things to do today. All right, I'm going right? to fold some laundry. Yeah. Hold, fold some laundry. Yeah. yeah, really wonderfully domestic. So for everybody here, it's one of those moments where I go, "Hey Dan, hey Chris, hey Dan, hey Chris," hit it. Because this has been FC3's Monkey Business, your product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you April of 2021 at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. All right, kids, you have a great week, have a safe week, and we will talk to you again next week. Dun, dun. (laughs) Hehehehe. <laughs>